like maybe episode 342 when we don't care anymore. Right. And we're like, mm, sick of your face. Yeah. <laughs> we're just phoning in for the podcast. Literally Actually, phoning no, in. No, literally because we can't stand each other anymore. <laughs> There's going to be a huge falling out at episode 254, everyone. Just yep. watch out for that. But we'll pull together amazing. so we can get past episode 300. Yeah. I mean, because we're doing this for you guys. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be enough to talk about to get us to 300 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. I mean, we do come up with like a different thing we want to talk about like every other day. Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to establish themes. Yes. We have a whole list. Right. And we are, you guys might be surprised or happy to note that we are getting away from true crime for this episode at least. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no promises. There's a lot of really cool true crime survival stories out there, so we're going to keep doing those. Yep. But <laughs> <laughs> but we're also going to intersperse them with some other types of survival stories, extreme situations, weather, I think animal attacks. Oh, God. <laughs> Emily Natural disasters. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any suggestions for, like, types of survival stories or themes we should do that, like, we haven't touched on um then please let us know you could tweet at us or email or, or email uh-oh.dailygravy at gmail.com gmail. rude <laughs> hashtag rude um so yeah so on that idea of sort of branching out and doing different types of survival stories we are doing some sort of extreme situation survival i think is the way to put it together because we have sort of sure they are we would both admit that they are, they are at least very extreme situations that most oh, people yeah. would not find themselves in <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um, if you find yourself in this situation holy shit talk to me <laughs> yeah we're gonna need an email about that because these are both crazy yeah um i don't know nobody's said anything Hopefully by this point, um, our next podcast uh, is going to go up tomorrow um, as far as when we're recording and we probably fucked up who started um, uh, after all that big talk we had. I know. I know. <laughs> we were we were going to be so good. I know. We need a Steven. I know we do. We need at least six Stevens. We're just going to try to go with the order that we went with last time and Emily's going to go first. I and, um, you know, don't don't tweet at us because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Really? <laughs> Shit. This is the beginning of the fallout, isn't it? <laughs> this is it. It's, Dang it's... it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be talking about, and I'm so sorry if I butcher this name. Because, uh, yeah. I'm not sorry. Don't tweet at us. I don't wow. care. <laughs> no, I care. <laughs> so uh, he is a Swedish man by the name of Jan Balstrud. Ooh. Hey, Balstrud? Sounded pretty good. Strud? Whatever whatever you were doing with your tongue there, it sounded great. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I come with the music. <laughs> uh, but Jan, let's see, he was born in Oslo. Good for him. Yeah. That's the only uh, city the anyone knows. Norway. Oh. He's, so he's not, not Swedish. Swedish. Ignore that. He's I'm Norwegian. correcting myself. He's Norwegian. <laughs> so let's talk about Jan. I'm not saying that last name again. That's I'm fun. so sorry. I feel closer to him if you use his first name. <laughs> so he was a commando in the Norwegian resistance mm -hmm. that was trained by the British during World War II. Rad. So for those who don't know, in this time period, the commando was a soldier 
who was part of the light infantry or special ops, basically. Maybe. But they specialize in basically water landings, parachuting, rappelling, hmm. jumping out of things and landing on other things. You Huge know. badasses. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so as I said, he was born in Oslo mm-hmm. back when it was, oh boy, Christiania? Ooh. Why'd they change it? I don't know. That's pretty. Let's not question it. Okay. There's probably a good reason. <laughs> we believe you, Norway. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so, uh, when the Germans invaded Norway in 1940, uh, he fought, you know, like a good commando, in Vestfold. Westfold? Vestfold? I don't know, with Whatever. Norwegian these. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he did escape to Sweden. Uh, but he was convicted of espionage and kicked out. Shit. Yeah. So, like, Sweden was like, bye. Uh, so he made it to Britain. Rude. In 1941, after going through not only the Soviet Union, but also Africa and the U.S. He did a whole thing to get to Britain. That's not the, that's not the fastest way there, no. bud. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just somebody told him to take a wrong left turn somewhere. Yeah. And he just ended up going south for yeah. a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> so he joined back up with his Norwegian people and in nineteen forty three he and three other commandos and a boat crew of eight. Mm. So we're up to twelve people right now. And they were all Norwegians. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's somehow important. Maybe. I, I don't mean, know. It I'm feels gonna say it's important. important. <laughs> They went on a mission uh, to destroy a German air control tower. Oh, God. Another name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bardufoss. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then they also were recruiting for the Norwegian resistance movement. Now, this is where they fucked up. Uh, they reached out to a trusted contact and accidentally found someone with the exact same name who just was a civilian shopkeeper hanging out. Oh, no. Who then betrayed them to the Germans because, I mean, they're doing a secret mission to destroy German facilities. And they were supposed to meet up with a guy who's, like, on their side. I mean, they don't have Facebook. They don't have... (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have a picture of this guy? Well, I think they did it, like, through the phone. System. Oh my God, what a bad idea. You, when they had an operator and you pull it up by name and like oh. their location and stuff. Yeah, we're looking for an Oli Olsen. Okay, so, let me just uh, pick one. <laughs> yeah, this so uh, the morning after this little whoopsie doodle. Yeah, so minuscule. March 29th, mm-hmm. specific here. So the fishing boat they were hanging out on, the Brathome. Happened to have eight tons of explosives they were going to use to destroy the air control tower. Just just like, hanging out. Sure, like you do. Uh, yeah, they were attacked by a German vessel. Yeah. Great. So <laughs> they basically said, fuck it. Blew up the explosives on a time delay. Fled to a smaller boat. But... Oh, God. That boat was sunk by the Germans, too. Great. They thought they were being really clever in preempting them, sinking with eight tons of explosives, and then got screwed over anyways. Great. Fabulous. Sounds like they're really killing it. Yeah. (laughs) So, Jan, and remember, there were 12 total, so Hmm. the 11 other people uh, all tried to swim ashore in Arctic 
oh, waters oh. in March. Oh, no. Jan was the only one who managed to evade capture. So they got captured? They didn't yeah. just, like, freeze to death in the water? It doesn't say anything else about other people dying. Mm. I mean, they might have, but also records... Wouldn't. It's not exactly going to be forthcoming from the Germans. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you get <laughs> captured by the Germans, it is as if you have died. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, I'm, like, picturing just, like, Jack in Titanic, just, like, freezing in the water. Yeah. But if they, maybe they got picked up and no, maybe they got a blanket he's a before rose. they got, He's a rose. He's, he's a rose. He survived. He survived. He, he, he stayed on that goddamn door. He let go. <laughs> <laughs> he let go of everyone else. Everyone. And paddled his ass to shore. So, yeah, he swam, mm-hmm. made it to shore, soaking wet, and missing a boot. Sure. Uh, he managed to run <laughs> off into the snow and was hanging out in a gully. So, like, a little crevice in between the snow pieces. Now, this article says there were four soldiers. This other one only said one. Hmm. So some of them think but, that he, he survived with other people for a little bit? Oh, no. Oh. No. These are bad people. Oh. German Gestapo. Oh. So, he ran. See, here's the other thing. This is saying it did kill everyone else that was with him, and mm. they weren't captured. So there's a whole lot of crazy differences. Sure. I mean, one is, you know, bad. Hmm. Technically, the other's really bad, too, but... I mean, they're both pretty I mean, shitty. One's quick, the other's not. Right. History's this, hard, guys. Yeah, history's real hard. <laughs> so let's let's say there was a group of Germans, after killing everyone he was with, mm-hmm. came walking towards him. They couldn't really see him. He apparently surprised them with his gun that's been in Arctic waters and now out in the cold. <laughs> remember that so he's just brandishing it about but it probably doesn't work so yeah he tried to pull the trigger <laughs> obviously the gun jammed uh, i guess it was a small colt so props to 1940s colts because after he pulled the magazine out and got rid of the first two rounds and popped back in it managed to fire holy shit okay uh so he killed one soldier and wounded another and then the others that were with the Germans ran. So he then went heading up towards warmer, possibly drier lands, mm-hmm. hopefully, in his Woof. one bootless foot hanging out. <laughs> just thinking about like a real shitty sock hanging yeah. out of his foot. Yeah, too. <laughs> just, just tripping. <laughs> yeah. So he ran mm-hmm. and managed to evade capture for about two months. So, obviously, he got a lot of frostbite, and also he had snow blindness. Okay. What is that? (laughs) What the fuck is snow blind? Is it, you see so much white that your eyes are just like, this is all we can see now. It's when you lose your vision for a little bit because of an overexposure to the sun's UV rays because Uh, the snow reflects everything. Okay, legit. So, he's just, like, hanging out, mostly blind, for two months yeah, and he was the son of an instrument maker who then studied to become an instrument maker. You know, he's just small dreams. Small dr- well, until he became <laughs> until, a fucking commando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, his feet were frozen solid with his lacking of a boot. Oh my god. He survived an avalanche, which buried him. He got out of that, wandered around in a snowstorm, um. <laughs> was buried alive again. <laughs> Different avalanche? I guess so. <laughs> wandered around again, and then found the cave where he still had a knife in his pack where he amputated toes Ugh. so that gangrene wouldn't spread. Ugh. Okay, I'm sorry. There was just, like, so much just there. I know. There are people who don't survive one avalanche. Like, a lot of them. Yeah. Like, most of so them. So many people. It's, like, really hard to get out of an avalanche. Yeah. Because you, like, don't know where you are or, mm-hmm. where like, what orientation you are, so you can't dig your way out because you don't know which way to dig. Yeah. And he did that twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, I can't feel these toes anyway. I should probably just lop them off. Yeah. And then he also believed that he was getting blood poisoning. Is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> we might have a better name for it now. Who knows? Yeah. We call it sepsis now. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we call it sepsis. Right. When your liver doesn't filter out your toxins anymore. Yeah, start turning when, like, yellow and shit. When your bacteria starts to infect your bloodstream, mm-hmm. you can start getting complications from an infection. So if he was getting gangrene, okay, it would be a safe bet that if it got into his bloodstream, this motherfucker it might just happen. diagnosing himself. Uh, yeah, so he <laughs> opened up his legs basically and like bled himself a little, just you know, like you do. What? Yeah. No, you can't just say stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you want me to do about it? He's like, you know, you know, you just sort of like flay yourself open a little bit sometimes. Yeah. How you do? Yeah. No. And he did this at a, a wooded hut in Redval, which he named Hotel Savoy, where he bled himself. He's just so fucking funny. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> he was hanging out some of his... His fellow Norwegians found him mm. and were trying to get him out. Oh, shit. But they were also dealing with German patrols. Oh, no. So, they're... so they were carrying him up and down mountains, over the hill and through the woods. <laughs> and Trying to make it to Granny's house. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and they were also stuck because of weather. I mean, they're in still winter. Winter seems like it lasts a long time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, you know, it is neighboring Arendelle, so Elsa was having a blast. Oh, my God. You're welcome. (laughs) She was letting it go all over the mountainside, just ruining this guy's life. That's why there was was two avalanches. Yes. It's all her fault. Uh, So at one point they did build a snowball for him. When he was amputating his toes. So people are with him at this point, but they just yeah. can't always like help him do things because no. there's patrols. Yeah. So they're like, here, hide behind this wall while you amputate your toes. Yeah. It's the best we can do. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, I mean, they, they did what they could. Uh, they were trying to get him to Finland. Uh, apparently, at one point, there was a reindeer that helped. I mean, the reindeer belonged to someone, but I feel it's important to point out how amazing this reindeer is for 
taking him to Finland. So we were just talking about Frozen. (laughs) (laughs) And this is swiftly becoming the most fucked up Disney movie ever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wouldn't watch it. (laughs) This fucking reindeer. No, that's a lie. I absolutely would. (laughs) So this reindeer pulled him basically across all of Finland into Sweden, which was neutral ground where he was finally safe. I'm not going to try and say the name of the city in Sweden that he was picked up by a seaplane by the Red Cross. It was probably a dope city. Uh, it's S-A-A-R-I-K-O-S-K-I. If somebody can write in and tell me how to say that, <laughs> I will say it. But I do not want to butcher it. This double fine. letters in Swedish names make me nervous. Fucking Google it. It's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they flew him to Bowdoin, and he spent... Seven months in a Swedish hospital in Bowdoin before he was returned to Britain. Oof. So seven months before he was able to move again. Ugh. Oh, my God. And then he was right back at it. Wait, what? Like <laughs> fighting? Like being a commando? No, he or? went, yeah, sort of. Ugh. He then, after he got back to Britain and was cleared, he then went to Scotland to help train other, as they call them, Norwegian patriots. Aren't you supposed to, like, discharge a dude? Go home. They were in a war. I mean, I guess. It, it, was, a pretty, it was a pretty bad one. But, yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, let the guy take a nap. <laughs> and, I mean, he couldn't really do much because he had to learn how to walk again mm. without his toes. He only has one toe left. Oh my god, which one? I don't know. It doesn't say which one. No, it doesn't. I'm Those sorry, fucks. I can try and find out. I know that your big toe is like huge for your balance too. Like you can't just lop off your big toe. No. And, and expect to walk like a normal human. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, he learned to walk again. Can it please be the middle one? Because I just want like <laughs> one middle toe like sticking out from this dude's like amorphous blob god of a it. foot. <laughs> so... He got sent back to Norway as an agent and was still on active service by the time the war ended in 1945. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, here's my thing, though. Not only did he withstand all that shit and they still were like, but can you serve? He fucked up. They all fucked up really bad. They all fucked up real bad. Like, real bad. None of this would have happened if they had But please go train more people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, oopsies. That was a tiny boo-boo. I bet you they told him it was training, and they were like, this is actually a cautionary tale. This guy has no toes. He can't fucking walk. Like, we're just going to send him and be like, this is what Don't happens when you fuck up. Double check contacts. Yeah. Do not fuck up. Do not call John Johnson <laughs> over the phone and assume you have the right one. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah, Jan Johnson. <laughs> Jan Johnson. <laughs> so, yeah, after the war ended, he then went back to Oslo and finally reunited with his family. So, I mean, he survived all of this and still didn't go home. Oh, my God. I imagine that, like, he's writing letters and then he's not writing letters because he's just... For, like, eight months. Eight or nine months. Right. Surviving. Cutting open his legs. Crawling out of avalanches. And they think he's probably dead as fuck, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then one day he just picks up a pen again. One day he's back. It's like me and my one toe are fine. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. So, yeah, and their boat was in the fjords. Well, he was hanging out in the fjords. Everyone was in the fjords. I can't help but feel like 
you have shoved that in so that you could say the word fjords. <laughs> Don't call me out like this. <laughs> is this a call out post for Emily? She just wants to say the word fjords. 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 Yeah, you do too. Don't even. It's don't a, even. It's a fabulous word. Well so done. So if you are interested in this story, I do recommend there is a book. Mm. Obviously. Of course. There's sure. always a book. Right. And a movie that was nominated for an Oscar for Dang. Best Foreign Film. So the book. There's two books. Sorry. So the first book is We Die Alone. Oh. <laughs> that was published in 1955. I feel like that movie is calling me out. <laughs> by a British journalist named David Haworth. A book. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. And then the movie is called Nine Lives, or Me Leave. Me I don't know leave. if I said that right. That's okay. The theme of this episode right now. I don't know if I said that right. Again, it sounded good. (laughs) And then if you want to read it from Jan's perspective, Mm. uh, there was an author who spent several years working on Defiant Courage, which is a day-by-day reconstruction of his story that, to quote this review of it, exhaustively praises the people of the fjords. (laughs) who smuggled him past German patrols, ministered to his frostbitten feet, and hid him in lofts, barns, and sheds. I like the use of the word exhaustively. They're like, oh my god, it's every little detail, and I'm very tired now that I've had to read it. (laughs) But that does sound dope as hell. My intention was to honor all his helpers, because that's what Jan wanted. Oh, Jan. Jan. Yeah, like, he was... Once they got him into the village, he had to be hit wherever they could shove him right. and his frostbitten body. By the way, half of me is frozen solid. I need somewhere to thaw. And <laughs> if they had been caught... Yeah, killed, I imagine, like, yeah. immediately. Immediately. Yeah, you're holding a, a soldier, basically. Yeah. Like, you can't... <laughs> yeah. Buck. That's crazy. And uh, that's Jan Balsrud. Jan Janssen. Jan Janssen. <laughs> that's his name in my mind now forever. Okay. Not to uh, say anything about his memory. He sounds cool as shit. Not yeah. as cool as my guy, though. Oh. Because my guy's a kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was glad that you mentioned snow and snow. ice and mountains and shit. Oh, Because I realized that's what brings these together. Oh, God. Um, surviving a bunch of snow and ice and mountains. <laughs> so, yeah. my survivor's name is Norman Olstad, which, by the name... He might also be vaguely Norwegian. Yeah, probably. Um, Yeah, but I mean, they're from America. His father, also Norman Olstad. (laughs) I'll try not to make that confusing. Um, He was an FBI agent turned lawyer who was super into extreme sports. What? (laughs) Yes. This all ties in. (laughs) Okay. I promise. Okay. Okay. I promise I'm not just taking you on a journey. I feel like I'm going on a journey. (laughs) It's a journey with meaning. Oh, God. Um, So, Norman and Norman Jr., um, they both really loved extreme ass shit. Mostly because Norman Sr. was like, you're going to love this extreme ass shit. And I'm going to surf with you when you're a tiny baby. And I'm going to teach you how to ski, like triple black diamond shit when you're four like so this kid's entire life was extreme as hell like he was never not 
just fucking learning lessons on in the craziest way in on, in the ocean on mountains just doing all this shit as like a little tiny kid i guess like from what i'd read he didn't always like what what well, he had to do yeah yeah that's fair but it will make you tough as shit because like i guess the guy just like he grew up understanding what fear is and how yeah. to just like not let it control you and go and do some dope ass shit okay anyway so proud of him already he sounds cool as fuck yeah um so he was in some like extreme skiing competitions and that sort of thing. And actually they were on their way, his father and him and the pilot of this helicopter, they were on their way to go get a trophy he had just won mm. the other day. Um, and this is just sort of like a day-to-day jaunt for this family. They're again, like super weird and crazy. So sure. like, this is just a day jaunt up over a mountain to go get a, a trophy for extreme skiing. It's fine. It's all normal. Something bad happens. Of course. Um, shockingly. That's why we're here. So there's sort of like a whiteout, and Uh-oh. they can't see what's in front of them. Oh, God. And they smash right into a mountain. Oh. Now, the saddest thing is that Norman Sr. and the pilot die instantly. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, helicopter going basically face first. Yeah. The and the mountain is just like... They're in the front. Yeah. So that's like, just, and there's just... not a whole lot between that mountain and the front seats of the helicopter right. to stop anything. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, the pilot, he said, was like crushed. Yeah. Like, really not great. His dad, he tried to wake him up because he sort of just looked slumped over. Mm-hmm. And his dad would, would not wake up. Yeah. So he was like, okay, he's probably dead. Mm-hmm. Um... I should say Norman was 11 years old at this time. Oh, God. And he was not the only other person in the helicopter. His father's girlfriend was also there, and she was also alive. Oh, she, man. Yeah. She dislocated her shoulder, and she had a head wound. Ow. Um, he was relatively unharmed, bumps and bruises, that sort of thing, which is crazy, but that's how it goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, tiny body, less weight. Right. This is just, you know, this is just how these stories go. Yeah. <laughs> like, somehow people always get out of stuff with scrapes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was far from the end of the ordeal. Oh, yeah. So, Norman, with his dad's girlfriend, yeah. they exit the, I guess it was actually a plane. I've been saying helicopter, but now that I mention it, I think he talks about a wing. They exit the plane, and he, they have to orient themselves, because they are on the side of a mountain. So at one point he opens the plane door and it just drops away in oh. a certain direction. He was like, as if it had just like sprung off, it just fell away. And he was like, I guess that's where the ground is <laughs> because it's, it's like whiteout conditions. There's fog. It's like a blizzard up there. There's snow swirling everywhere. You cannot see yeah. anything except the sky above he could see. So they climb out and they're sort of huddled underneath the wing the two of them, and he sees a helicopter. <gasps> so, huh, you fucking wish, because that helicopter, despite him, like, waving his arms, In a did not out. see him. <laughs> In a whiteout, yeah. It didn't see him. Yeah. So it passes right over. Like, it's a rescue helicopter. They may have, you know, just been patrolling, they, but they're there to find people in those situations. So... Just imagine that for a minute. You're an 11-year-old kid. You have an older woman with you who is injured, and... You have no rescue. 
Nope. And you're on this side of a motherfucking mountain. Time to throw yourself off the mountain. Dude, right? <laughs> um, but this that's, kid that's does not do that. Because um, he's the literal fucking man. He's the coolest dude I've ever read about. I don't know why. Because <laughs> he's, look, he's 11. Remember how you were at 11? I was shitty. I was a pretty shitty kid. Like, just Yeah, but we also whiny. weren't trained to be. That's the thing. Is like, I kind of wish I was now. As much as I probably would have hated my parents. No. For forcing me into extreme situations. Like, he has so much. He talks about it in interviews. And he has a book as well that I'll talk about. And he basically is like, I've been on ski slopes forever. I just knew, like, if somebody wasn't in this situation as often as I was, they would have freaked out. Or they would have just maybe, like, kind of moved around a lot more. And slid off this huge mountain and plummeted to their deaths. Yeah. I happen to know, because I've skied on ice before, that you can't have one misstep. You cannot no. afford to move hardly at all, like, without planning every step of it. So he half starts carrying this other woman that he's with. I forget her name, sorry. He starts carrying her with him down this mountain, sort of hand over hand, just... <laughs> One wow. step at a time. It's almost like vertical. Like it's so steep. He, they are hanging on by their fingertips. Oh like, God. oh, also, oh boy, he didn't have any gloves. Of course not. <laughs> There's no gloves for this kid. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because again, this was just supposed to be like a little afternoon trip, so that no, none of them were prepared. So this is just this is his words. I wanted to read a little bit of it because he does such a good job. Like he clearly remembers all of it so well. Um, so he says, "I woke up. Bodies were sprawled, sprawled across an icy forty-five degree chute. It was wind-driven snow and thick fog. After I figured out where everybody was, I concluded that the pilot was clearly dead. My father was hunched over. I could not wake him. Sandra." There she is. There it Sandra. is. Hi, Sandra. Sandra was still alive. She had a dislocated shoulder and a wound on her forehead. Eventually, Sandra and I made our way over to the edge of the chute. Um, and he talks about how the helicopter doesn't uh, find them. And then he explains, he just describes a little bit of what it's like to fucking, like, hand over hand, try to move down this mountain. So they're trying to stay next to each other slash sort of on top of each other the whole time. And at one point, she gets a little farther away from him, like a foot sort of to the side of him. And they're trying to reach each other. And she lifts herself up and she falls. Oh, yeah. Sandra. And like this is this article is so cruel because it just goes like at one point while he's carrying her climbing on a steep ledge, she fell into an icy chute and tumbled thousands of feet to her death leaving a bloody smear. <laughs> like, oh. You dicks. Wow. <laughs> you fucking dicks. But yeah, you can imagine she's got a head wound. She's bleeding. So like dislocated shoulder. Yeah. It's probably been popped into place, but still mm. hurts. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And yeah, she and makes climbing with that. Right. She's I mean, going to slip. That's just exactly like she does. She's not, she doesn't have like ice cleats. She doesn't yeah, have, there's no gear. There's nothing. Right. She just, all them. she does is make one long, wrong move. Yep. Just one. And she plummets to her death and he finds her body one and a half hours later. Oh my God. And she's dead because he's still climbing down. Well, yeah. And he just, he has no other choice. You cannot make one mistake. Yeah. So he has no other choice but to keep hanging on again by his motherfucking gloveless fingertips. Uh, <laughs> like I cannot get over. How strong oh, are your so fingertips? Cold. Not that strong. Yeah. And yeah, like, like your guy, how are you just walking around with your feet frozen solid? How are you climbing and holding on because to stuff when your hands are frozen? To. Yeah. 
That's like, the thing is like it's so hard to wrap your mind around this situation, and it's 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 one of those things that in the moment you either do it or you don't. Right. Like there is no other option. Like with with my, it's like adrenaline too. You mm-hmm. probably can't really feel a lot of it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yours was like a long like, term stretch of things too that he had to deal with. Yeah. This one was. It was not short. I will say he was 8,500 feet up. (laughs) Let's just think about that for a second. It took nine hours to climb down. So it was, I mean, it was a long stretch of time, but I think like. That's like a mile and a half. Yeah, dude. Like, it's really fucking high up. Jesus. Of just climbing, like, fucking straight down. So, yeah, this kid did that for nine hours, and I think, you know, your adrenaline probably lasts all of that if you're about to die any second. Like, you're just going to keep looking down yeah, and being like, yep. you just kind of re-up it when you slip. Right. Every time. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel, I have so many feelings about this kid, because, yeah, he did eventually make it down to just this sort of little base camp at the base of the mountain, and he got rescued, and, of course, that's um, immediately the media frenzy started, because he's the only survivor and the only child of this horrible accident that happened. Ugh. It's crazy. Oh, my God. So he, he, did, he did have, like, one sort of last thing that he said about sort of how he survived and, and what his thought process was. And I just, I liked this quote. So it's, sometimes it was just a matter of will of mind, keeping an optimistic attitude and somewhere back there knowing that I was in many ways with a friend. Nature was sort of a friend. And so I think it really helped me during those nine hours because you can spend and waste a lot of energy pitting yourself against nature when, in fact, you don't have to do that. You just have to reframe it and try to embrace it. This is an 11-year-old kid who's like, I'm just going to go with the flow, man. I'm just going to... I'm just going to make it through this. Yep. Nature's my bud. Nature's my fine. friend. Look at, look at us go. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would be like, no, fuck you, nature. Fuck right? you. Fuck. <laughs> and that's the problem. That's okay. That's my thing is like, that's why I'm so in awe of this guy. Obviously he had the mental fortitude and the physical fortitude to get through this as a kid. Um, and his story is fucking epic. Um, I will say if you are interested in hearing more about him, um, I actually heard about him first through a pretty rad cracked article called five survival stories, almost too miraculous to be real. Um, so there's a bunch of other stories in that article that are pretty cool. Cracked always has funny articles. It's great to read. And then, um, I ended up looking up more about him and he has also written a book and there is a movie in the works. Mm. The book is called crazy for the storm, a memoir of survival. And yeah, there is a movie in the works because of course there fucking is. Are you kidding me? Of course. (laughs) So yeah. um, That's crazy. Yeah. I can't, I'm like never going to be over that kid's story. It's nuts. So we did want to, we're trying to get better about (laughs) (laughs) talking everything and all of it in general. We're trying to get better. Give us another like five episodes. We might might show signs of improvement. Right. Please, um. Don't tweet at us. Just wait. Or tweet at us. <laughs> fine, you can tweet. I just, you know, just know that I don't give any fucks. She doesn't check the tweets. It's fine. It's my job. I do, too, check the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but so that's why you don't want people tweeting at us. Exactly. I don't want to see it. Okay. <laughs> um, but we are trying to get better at doing sort of a survival tip at the end. And I think with um, the two that we just talked about the main kind of idea that we wanted to talk about was a survival mentality and just sort of like tips for how to keep your shit together. Oh, I missed that. memo. <laughs> I literally said it like three times. 
Oh my god, I said it so Look, much. All right, let me let me tell you about what happened. Nothing so, happened. She wasn't paying attention to me while I was talking. I got distracted <laughs> when she directed me to the website she was looking at for these survival tips because they had an article about surviving bears. Okay, listen, it's important to know that. <laughs> <laughs> you can survive a bear Look, it's chasing important. you when you're on a bicycle. Okay, because that happened. Look so, it up. Surviving a bear is all about having the right mentality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck this See, bear. I went a little more literal. <laughs> right. Of, And I discussed that with you. Uh-huh. Of saying. I know. And then I said, okay, but <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm not talking about the bears anymore, Taylor. <laughs> I moved on from the bears. But somehow we're still on the wrong page. How did this happen? (laughs) That fit in there. Does that sound okay? Listen, I have a whole survival thing on if you are trapped in a blizzard in your car. Why? I went practical. Okay. Hey, mine is practical, you dick. (laughs) Okay. All right. You do yours first. Oh. And then we'll go. I'll just go more general with it. <laughs> this is the beginning of the fallout. I said episode two fifty four. I don't know if we're gonna oh, make no, it that we're far. We're not making it there. <laughs> All right. So, if mm-hmm. for some reason something happens and you were stranded in your car in a blizzard, if you live in an area that has a lot of snow, we this could totally happen to us. Exactly. This is why I did this. It's freaking Practical. me out already. Shut up. This is very. Okay, go on. <laughs> we're going to have a fight. <laughs> we are. We're in a fight right now. Because we're traveling this weekend. Oh, we're going to fight other people. It's fine. No, we're going to fight each other. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so, if you are stuck in the blizzard. Mm-hmm. Now, unlike rainstorms and all that other kind of shit, these blizzards can go on for a very long time. Yeah. So, do not waste your battery power. Don't leave your car running or you will kill yourself with carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, yeah. Legit. Yeah. Try and have a survival kit with you. Uh, They do sell them in, I think, most cities, especially ones that have a lot of snow. Mm -hmm. They usually have, like, a flare, heat packs, a thermal blanket, like that shiny one. Gas stations and stuff. Yeah. Um batteries Mm -hmm. you can put like an emergency cell phone charger in there Mm -hmm. bottles of water um let's see little food things right like like granola granola or something or something that's not gonna go bad real quick yeah legit something with protein Mm -hmm. to keep you going uh they also said that exercise is important because it maintains your body heat. Oh, yeah. But you don't want to do it too much. So, so get to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I just said. Well. Because you might be alone. So get to fucking. <laughs> you have like a flashlight. Like, oh, to... like a flashlight. Not <laughs> fleshlight. Hey, a flashlight is like a that little bit away from me. That is not should go in your emergency kit. <laughs> Do not put fleshlights what in your What other kind of exercise kit. are you supposed to do? Do they recommend some yoga poses you can do in the car? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell these people. You can do a little cardio. You know. Yeah, masturbation is cardio. <laughs> mean. Ugh. I'm just saying. This is the start of the fight. <laughs> but they say if you are going to run your engine and heater, mm-hmm. do it for about 10 minutes mm. every hour. 
Is no more than that. The snow like builds up around your car yeah. and there's no way for it to get out. Okay. So they just said when the engine is running, open a downwind window slightly for ventilation. Mm-hmm. From time to time, clear snow from the exhaust pipe, which then will help keep you from dying of That's, carbon monoxide poison. Yeah. And then also do not, do not set out on foot unless you can physically see the building close by. Right. Yeah. Because that is just a snow bad can idea. mess with distances. I'm like, I'm like Big picturing time. this happening on a highway. Yeah. Oof. And if you don't see a building, just stay in the vehicle. Because mm-hmm. odds are, if you're on a highway, people are looking. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to see it. The Otherwise, plows will go through at some point. Like, Yeah. They said if you're stranded in a remote area, just stomp out large block letters in an open area spelling out help or SOS with Ooh. rocks or tree limbs or whatever you can find. Does it mention anything? I always wonder about this, like in this day and age about like social media, like it, it says, don't waste your battery. Cool. What if I have my phone? Can I be like, Hey, Facebook. Hey, everyone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I just, that's my own recommendation. Like maybe send out a status, yeah. tag some people. <laughs> also, for a full list of the emergency kit of what they recommend. Uh, they said a change of clothes, mm-hmm. hand warmers, a pair of boots and extra socks, extra pair of gloves, a hat and a scarf, mm-hmm. extra blanket, first aid kit, bottled water, food or energy bars, a gas can, battery powered radio, jumper cables, flares and a flashlight, lighters and matches, a small shovel, an ice scraper and a bag of kitty litter or sand to provide traction if you are stuck in the snow. Ooh, legit. And I'm going to add tequila to that list. Because you are going to want to be drunk. <laughs> yes. Actually, <laughs> actually, I'm pretty sure that's a really bad it's idea. It's a really, really <laughs> bad thing to do. Because doesn't it, it makes your circulation worse, so you yes. could like really fuck up your toes and fingers. So yes. don't actually do you that even though. You could freeze to death you a lot would. faster drinking tequila than you would if you were drinking water. I mean, I know you want to be fucked up right now because it's a bad situation, but... <laughs> I mean, you're not going anywhere for a while. Right. This is what the masturbation is for. God damn it. <laughs> well, that's rad. That is very practical, Emily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So pat myself on the back. Well done. Um, so I went with sort of a general one because... Because it tied in our theme, Emily. These two people clearly had to have, like, something in their heads that helped them to survive. Because these were sort of longer-term situations. um, Or at least just, like, long-term, really horrible. For Like, nine hours isn't that long, but it's a long time to be climbing down a mountain. Yeah. So... There's, like, a, a mentality you have to have if you're going to survive a situation. And there's some specifics that places will put out... I'm trying to remember what the... Backcountryattitude.com. Um, and I, I'm not saying that I'm in love with this website, but... <laughs> it has an article about bears. It has an article about bears, everyone. You should totally go Emily check it Emily really out. fucking really wants important. you to know that it has an article about bears. <laughs> Um, but it also has a pretty thorough article about survival mentality talking about how your attitude and your psychological state are like just as important as your physical state. So like even if something happens and you, you start out the survival situation injured, your attitude can really affect whether that goes downhill from there. Cause if you're in, 
if you're you have a shitty mental attitude, you might not be taking care of yourself. You could be letting yourself get hungry or thirsty or overly tired because you're just freaking out the entire time, which is in turn just going to make your physical state worse and then make your mental state worse. And it's just a downward fucking spiral from there. So if you start out believing that you are fucking doomed, you are going to die and you're not taking care of yourself because you believe that then like, yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy, you are going to die. Yep. (laughs) So you have to begin believing that you are going to survive. Um, you have to have a willingness to overcome multiple obstacles. Like just because something bad happened doesn't mean another bad thing isn't going to happen. And you have to be prepared for that mentally. Even if there's no way for you to prepare, you know, physically, you have to be prepared for more things to go wrong at all times. It's sort of just like a constant vigilance kind of thing. But it's also a delicate balance of not then drowning in paranoia. Right. That's sort of the next one. Guard against fear. You have to be realistic about what's happening to you. You cannot let your imagination run away with what might happen. Like a sure. bear in the mountains. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Look like, at this all tying together. It's, it's coming together. There's a bear. <laughs> Unless you see a bear, don't go worrying about there being a bear. You have enough shit to worry about. Do not let your imagination run away with what ifs. You have to look at what's actually happening and, and handle that. Because, yeah, if you let yourself get too afraid of what could happen or what is happening, then your fear can lead to panic, which is the worst thing that could happen. Yep. Like do not, their main point was like, do not motherfucking let yourself panic because your rational thinking disappears. You end up doing like fight or flight responses to every situation. You lose all control over what's happening to you. So do not let yourself panic. It makes everything worse. And, you know, that's sort of easier said than done. I was like, okay, but like, how? Okay, you're it's, alone. Something yeah. horrible is happening. What do you do? They say their their main thing was positive self-talk. Like, literally, actually talking to yourself. Oh my god, cat. Yeah. Hey, man, I do the same fucking thing. Like, I'm constantly talking to myself. But so, positively? Well, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. At least when, you know, when you're trying to make your way through, like, a step-by-step thing, and you're sort of like, okay, so I've done that, and I need to do this. Yeah. Like, they say, literally do that. Remember your goal. Realize what you have to do to reach that goal. Talk to yourself about the steps. What have you already done? What do you already know about the situation? What needs to happen? What, like, what are your next steps? And keep talking to yourself in like a positive and productive way. You are going to survive. You're going to be okay. We just need to do this one next thing. And that's, and then, you know, obviously then that just leads into like never give up, which like sometimes things are too hard and sometimes you don't make it out. Like people sometimes don't make it out, but like that, if you have a never give up mentality, it won't be because you just let it happen. Yeah. If it happens, then it'll be because of bad circumstances. But like, if you never give up, then you have a way, way better chance of making it through. Yeah. So while you're trapped in that car and there's a bear (laughs) outside and you are furiously masturbating, (laughs) I need you to go ahead and do some positive self-talk. Oh God. I'm just trying to tie it all together. Emily. It knows what you're doing in there, and it's really grossed out. It's yeah. not going to eat it you. It is disgusted it with is your disgusted. behavior. <laughs> you should be ashamed, but Suddenly also... Suddenly the PC police bear. <laughs> Bears are not sex positive. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I think it's 
the wrap. <laughs> Is it over? Are we done? I think so. We just evolved so horribly. And it's all your fault. I'll take it. I'll take okay. it. Okay, cool. Actually, this, this you can tweet at us about. I'm cool with it. No, do not tweet at us about If you have any survival masturbation tips. masturbating through a window when they're stuck in the car in a blizzard. Again, send us your survival <laughs> masturbation tips. <laughs> do we have that Twitter? What is our Twitter? Oh, God, I stopped looking. Isn't um, it at Uh-Oh Feeling Cast? Uh-Oh Feeling Cast, yes. Yes. Tweet us at Uh-Oh Feeling Cast. Um, send us your survival stories at um, uh-oh.dailygravy at gmail.com. Or put it on Tumblr. Or put it on the Tumblr. At us. At us. Yeah, um, it, I think uh-oh that's feeling. just uh-oh-feeling.tumblr.com. Or Instagram. Uh-oh-feeling. Insta. Uh-oh-feeling. Hell yeah. Yeah, please get at us. We want to hear yeah. from you. Um, if you have cool stories you want us to cover, if you have stories of your own, you know, like we've been saying. Give us names. Yes. <laughs> Give us names. Give us dates. <laughs> Give us your phone number. Give us your address. Where no. do you live? No. <laughs> we don't want house? that. We don't want that. <laughs> that is not good survival etiquette. If you do that, Taylor. if you do that, we will talk about you on the podcast as someone who has bad survival skills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. We did a whole thing we another did. time. We did. Proud of us. That. Look at us. Mm. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We'll see you in another couple of weeks. Bye. Bye.